in a digital heavy world coupled with the youth mental health crisis, our next guest has made it her life's work to protect every child's digital journey. Teodora Pavkovich, a prominent figure in the global digital wellness community and the director of community engagement at LineWise, joins us to discuss her inspiring work and mission and how she and her team are working tirelessly to build the industry-leading safety management system for the academic setting. Additionally, Teodora shares how parents can become more positively involved in their kids' technology and digital lives. Join us as we discuss this timely and important topic with a passionate and dedicated expert helping lead the charge for positive change in cyber safety. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Teodora. Thank you for taking the time to join up today and welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. Well, given your dedication and mission to educate, engage, and empower children and adults, communities and organizations by helping them become emotionally smart and digitally well, I'm grateful for our time together today and to discuss this important conversation. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Teodora, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the LineWise team are offering products and resources that enable schools to partner with families in order to protect every child's digital journey, both in the classroom and at home. But first, What's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Well, I think the one thing I would say is I would advise that we think about health, first of all, as not just an absence of disease, which is typically how we tend to think about it. And number two, I would say is something that we can't sort of achieve or maintain as an individual. And I say that especially because I'm coming from the U.S. This is where I live. And I think generally in the Western world, there's a really huge emphasis placed on sort of the individual's responsibility to be healthy. And that's one of the things that I often find actually gets in the way of making sure that both individuals and communities are healthier. So those, I think, would be the two main things. And where did that come into play in your journey? Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more deeper in the conversation here. But how did you become passionate around that in the first place, Tidora? Yeah, so I think that there's a few different elements that have contributed to me doing the work that I do. I think the sort of the foundational reason is the fact that I'm a third culture kid. So I've lived in nine different countries. At this point, I'm living in Hawaii. I like to count it as number 10 because I think of it as slightly separate to the U.S., I've lived in a lot of different places. And so I've lived in different types of cultures. I've lived among people with different ethnic backgrounds, different religions, different ways of seeing the world and understanding the world. And I've lived in societies where there's a huge amount of emphasis placed on the individual and the value of the individual and individuals, you know, freedoms, responsibilities, and all of that. 
at the same time, I've lived in cultures where sort of the collective is a lot more important than the individual, where there's a lot more conversation around sort of what our responsibilities are towards each other and what the value is really of caring for each other. So I think I look at everything through that kind of, it's almost like a sort of kaleidoscope of ways of understanding our roles on this planet and how we can interact with each other and how we can help each other. So I think that balance between empowering the individual to do as much as they can and empowering the community to help that individual, I think those two pieces are incredibly important when we're talking about people's well-being, people's health, people's safety, people's education, literally anything on that spectrum when it comes to a person having what we'd consider to be a good life. So I think you can't really talk about health and safety and well-being without looking at both of those components. And I definitely think that sort of the way I grew up and all the different places that I've lived in have really contributed to that in, in a major way. I knew relatively early on that I was definitely going to do something that has to do with understanding human beings. I didn't know whether that would be psychology. I didn't know if that would be archaeology. I didn't know if that would be art history, but it was going to be one of those topics because I love to brain pick, as I like to call it. I love to understand people, get where they're coming from and try to help them get to the places where they want to be. And I've always loved working with kids. I've worked with kids for several decades at this point. I think their happiness and their well-being and their healthy development is the greatest thing that I can ever try to contribute to. And so I think all of those things have kind of brought me into this place where what I'm trying to do is really empower the community to help the child. I think that that's probably the best way to summarize it. Well, that is an absolutely fascinating experience. Besides reimagining healthcare and healthcare innovation, my other big passion is world travel and obviously haven't done a ton of it over the past couple of years because of a pandemic. So I think we may just have to have a conversation, maybe another podcast episode, just to talk about all those communities you lived in. It's so fascinating. Wow. What an incredible experience to be able to help shape the things that you see and the lens you see through to help in this space that we're going to talk about here with the rest of this podcast around digital well-being and how you're helping communities and the individuals. We're going to unpack all of that after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation. Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit catalysthealthtech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Teodora Pavkovich, Director of Community Engagement at LineWise. Teodora, thank you so much for teeing it up. Like I said, I think you might have already signed up for a second episode just to talk about global travel and all the communities you've lived in around the world. That sounds so fascinating. Can't wait to hear more about that because, I, like I said, I love to travel the globe. But enough of that. We're going to dive into your journey here in just a moment. We're going to talk about you know, how you became a, really an industry-leading expert in this space that we're talking about in regards to digital wellness. Obviously, it's very top of mind 
especially after what we've gone through for the past number of years, also being a psychologist and a parenting coach. Lots to discuss here. Want to hear about that journey, how that became the center focus of your life and your mission. Then, of course, where you're at today in working with LineWise and what's happening there, all the good work happening within that camp, where you see, where you and the team see things are heading. And then, of course, how we can be helping you out. And then we'll say our goodbyes. But first, Teodora, how did this all come together in the first place? How did you find this passion? How did you unlock this mission in your life to give? I mean, it's such an, again, an important work with where we are today. But you didn't know that years ago with what was going to happen current state. How did it all come to be in the first place? Yeah. Well, the kind of field of digital wellness and online safety, especially digital wellness is a relatively new one. And I still find myself having conversations with people who don't quite know what that means. When you talk about digital wellness and digital well-being, people do tend to assume that you're talking about some wellness app. And that's sort of part of it. But what we're really talking about when we talk about digital wellness is how we can relate to all the technology we use, how we can use that technology in such a way that it doesn't tarnish our well-being. And how can we use it so that we maintain some kind of level of well-being and really help others maintain that level as well. And so, as you said, when kind of I started out in this area, I didn't Well, I didn't know that it was an area, first of all, and I didn't really know that I was kind of starting out there, but it sort of happened by accident, as I think most things tend to in life. It really started out sort of around the year 2000 and sort of 15, 16. I was living in Southeast Asia at the time. I was in Singapore and I was working a lot with young kids who had various forms of of issues with their functional vision. And so I was able to kind of witness how the usage of screens was really impacting them in a very immediate kind of a way in in that kind of physiological way. So I was able to kind of see that unfolding in front of me. It was also a period of time when a lot of schools, and I think not just in Singapore, but really around the world, were starting to kind of scale back on their usage of actual textbooks. And they were really shifting more into sort of entirely online or rather digital experiences for kids with learning. So regardless of whether you're talking about math or history or English literature even, there was this moving away from books, from textbooks, and moving more into using screen-based devices in order for kids to kind of read and learn. At the same time, what I was starting to observe there is that increasingly with younger kids in particular, I was noticing them interacting with digital devices in scenarios when they typically wouldn't have been. So for example, you know, a parent or caregiver is taking their child out for a walk, they're in the pram, you know, they're on the tablet or the phone or whatever it happens to be. They're on the bus, again, with one of their caregivers, they're on that device. They're having meals together outside of the home, they're on that device. So I was starting to notice this sudden presence of this digital device. And I was noticing it because it didn't used to be there before. And the question that arose for me was what happens if you suddenly insert that device sort of between the caregiver and the child where there wasn't a device before, where there was a lot more opportunity for that direct sort of connection between the parent and the child or the caregiver and the child. And now it's sort of happening either via that device or the the device is just in the way and it's kind of obstructing that connection. So there were a few different questions that were coming up for me. One was just that physiological impact of what do the screens do to our eyes, to our postures, to you know, our breathing to, you know, so many different things that now we have quite a lot of research around. But at the same time, in that more sort of developmental psychological sense, what is this tech use really doing or potentially what could it do? And, and that's something that we have a little bit of research on, but we're really still trying to answer that question. And so around sort of 2016 was the first time that I moved to U.S., 
and really was able to, for the first time, start finding people who were kind of in this not yet existing area in digital wellness and really incredible community that exists not just here in the U.S., but is starting to kind of grow globally as well, people with all sorts of backgrounds. So I've come across app developers and actors and poets and architects and former teachers and social workers and just really incredible people all coming together from all these different sides of the globe, asking the same kinds of questions and asking them in the context of child development, in the context of present day work, in the context of mental health, in the context of health, just in so many different areas. And so me coming into LineWise and, and working at LineWise was yet another sort of, I don't know, act of chance, of fate, of destiny. I don't know what you'd want to call it, but I'd made a connection via LinkedIn, actually. So I guess I have to thank technology for it happening. But I made a connection with a few of my fellow colleagues who work in the same education and well-being division with me at LineWise around the time that I moved to Hawaii and just said, you know, I would love to collaborate with you, work with you at some point let me know if we can make that happen. And at the time, LineWise was expanding. Our parent company is based in Australia. We've been expanding quite rapidly. And they said, hey, we need someone in the US. Why don't you join us? And sort of the rest is history. That was about 15 months ago now. And all of the work that I've been doing in sort of as part of LineWise has been incredibly gratifying because at this point, you know, we work on protecting over about 12 million students globally. So just to be able to have that access to such a large global community is really a dream come true for me because, of course, when you're working on your own, there's only so many people that you're able to reach. And so one of the things that I sort of appreciate the most about LineWise and, and really the reason why I joined what is essentially a tech company, which if you had told me five or 10 years ago that I'd be working at a tech company, I would tell you you're crazy. But one of the things that I really appreciate and maybe appreciate the most about LineWise is that there's this recognition that tech is part of the answer and part of the solution, but it's really not the whole thing. That education of the community, raising the awareness of the community, making sure that all of the different actors, the staff and the parents and the children, that everybody understands what technology is in that present day form, that they understand the impact that technology can have on us, that we understand that we can also impact technology. The fact that we just have to keep working on this, that it's not something that you sit through a seminar or you know presentation once a year and then you kind of forget about it. It's really an ongoing thing. And so as director of community engagement, that's really one of the things that I work on is to really impress upon all of our districts here in the U.S., but really our, our schools globally as well, just how important it is to really keep online safety and digital wellness top of mind for parents and really make sure that we bring them into this conversation, that we make this easier for them to understand. Many of them are not tech savvy. And of course, they're parents to digital natives, which they find incredibly frustrating, sometimes very discouraging. So to really make this as easy and accessible to them as possible and make sure this conversation is ongoing, that we really never stop talking about how we can keep children safer and healthier online and offline. Well, let's go there. And Theodore, thank you for teeing it up. Let's go there in regards to LineWise and what that means in regards to protection, both, you know, the parents, the children, communities. Let's talk about what that means. So let's first start, what is LineWise? And then what does that look like practically? I got to imagine as well, and I'm sure you'll discuss it. These are new muscles that people need to train within the education space, right? It came at us very quickly. If you think about the larger span of time of what education meant for humans. And now all of a sudden we inject this digital experience within that. So this is all very new and a lot of 
you know, muscles that need to be trained around it. But first, again, let's start. What is LineWise? What does it mean to protect children and communities and family? And then we'll talk about what does this also look like in regards to the current state of things? Sure, absolutely. So you mentioned a little bit of this earlier on, Mike, this sort of part of your introduction, but we are essentially a tech company. We're an ed tech company, and our mission is to protect every child's digital journey and to keep students safe at school, at home, and everywhere in between, you know, as they engage with the online world. And as I mentioned earlier, at the moment, we're protecting over 12 million students all around the globe. So we have a presence in the US, in the UK, in New Zealand, and in Australia. It really all sort of started. The story began in Australia, and then there was somewhat of a rapid really spread into some of these other regions. And we've really continued to grow, which has been incredible to see, especially just in this sort of short period of time that I've been with the organization, which has just been a little bit over a year. So we do this in a couple of ways. So on the one hand, we do provide the more sort of tech-based solutions in the form of filtering classroom management and safety monitoring. These are all things that I think by now, you know, anybody who's within sort of the educational field, anybody who's ever worked at a school district is quite familiar with this by now, especially sort of post-pandemic. So there is that sort of tech-based solution aspect of it. And then the, the second aspect of it is really what I myself and the rest of my team oversee, which is really that community education. So stepping a little bit away from those tech-based solutions and really making sure that the staff and the parents and the students themselves are educated around all of these topics within the online safety and digital wellness realm. So making sure that we keep that conversation ongoing with all of these different communities that are embedded within school districts and that we really make sure that there's awareness around all of that. As I mentioned earlier, I think that this move to sort of an increased use of tech really in every aspect of our lives. But when you look at education, that was something that that started before the pandemic and, you know, even well before the pandemic. I mean, I always like to sort of look back at my own start with technology, which also sort of reveals my age, but I'm this, you know, elder millennial generation who had that experience of, you know, zero internet and then suddenly internet. And so the first time that I went online to do an online search on anything, I was about 13 years old, which just shows you in a relatively short period of time, just how much things have changed. So really for the past decade or even more, we've been moving sort of closer and closer towards that reliance on Technology, as I said, around sort of really around 2015 was when a lot of schools around the world started to shift into really using screen-based devices a lot more than textbooks. What was different, of course, with the pandemic is that we kind of had no other choice. We were sort of forced to use all of these different devices and, and all of the different sort of apps and platforms housed within them in order to really do everything. So to communicate with each other, to learn, to work, to seek out help, to seek out health-related information, whatever it was. We really sort of had to do it. And so by now, when you look at the present day, I mean, virtually every single school district in the U.S. provides their students with school-issued devices. The percentage is so high at this point that you may as well say, yes, all of the school districts in the U.S. provide um, provide their students with school-issued devices. So I think the pandemic happened so quickly and it was so kind of frightening and overwhelming that we were kind of scrambling to figure out the safety component of it. So it was fine to say, okay, we have to use all of these devices, just shift everything to the virtual world. Our work, our learning, you know, everything there is, we'll do it online. When it comes to kids in particular, of course, we didn't have enough time to then say, okay, but how are we going to make sure that we know what they're doing online? How are we going to make sure that we keep them safe online? You know, how are we going to make sure that if it's 
sort of learning that they're having to do, that they stay on track, that they're not distracted by other things. If it's for sort of social entertainment reasons, how do we know when it's too much? How do we know when it's too much time spent on any one particular platform and, and we need to kind of scale it down a little bit? So some of those questions were around beforehand, but now they've just really, really just been amplified. And so both our sort of tech-based solutions and some of these more education-based solutions really answer a lot of those questions. And so, of course, as I mentioned earlier, one of the products that we offer is a filter. Um, there's a class management tool that helps teachers help their students stay more on track in order to really try and optimize their learning and all the effort that goes into that. Safety monitoring is a more recent sort of addition to that collection of products. So really looking at children's safety, which has become re really relevant really around the world. But if you look at the U.S. in particular, it's become very, very important. Um, the Safer Communities Act that was voted in relatively recently, you know, a lot of the school-based violence that we're continuing to see, sometimes even on a daily basis, has really started asking some of these questions around, can we use technology and in some ways to keep students safer while they're in school. So part of our safety monitoring technology kind of answers, answers that question. And then we have that community education piece, which I think is one of the most important ones because of course, technology develops incredibly quickly. So we have been able to create these tech-based solutions relatively fast, really, when you kind of look at it. But when it comes to raising the sort of the knowledge and the awareness of the community, that of course is the stuff that takes a little bit longer. And that's where we need to continue to put in that effort to really make sure that everyone understands what we mean when we say online safety and what we mean when we say TikTok versus, you know, Roblox versus Google Docs versus different operating systems and different devices and all of these different things. Parents often sort of struggle to quite understand the differences between even within one category. If you look at social media, you know, Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram will just all be this one big sort of messy blur to them. And this is why, you know, people like us exist in order to kind of tease apart all of those different sort of virtual spaces that children spend a lot of their time in and to make it easier for parents to understand that Snapchat, for example, is used in this way and TikTok is used in this way. And these are some of the risks involved with these platforms, but these are also some of the potential benefits. We want to always make sure, and we feel very strongly about this at LineWise and especially sort of within my division of education and well-being, that yes, we do highlight the risks and we do highlight a lot of the problems that exist in the online world. Unfortunately, there's many, but we also want to make sure that we talk about the appropriate ways of using all of these devices and platforms and to also talk about the benefits. So to also talk about what are the ways in which kids can really engage with these platforms and these virtual spaces in positive ways. How can we build up their digital citizenship? How can we, again, make sure that they're both taking care of themselves and of others while they exist in these virtual spaces? And by the way, I think this is something that us adults kind of have to learn as well, because what we often see in the discourse that takes place in certain virtual spaces is we don't quite know how to do that either. And of course, children learn mostly by observing. They watch what we do and then they repeat the same thing. So if they're observing how we all communicate with each other via, say, Twitter, they're going to repeat that. They're going to look at what we're doing and figure out, well, it's okay to be rude or inappropriate or offensive or, you know, whatever often tends to kind of happen on Twitter. And they'll just repeat the same kinds of patterns. So 
this is why that education that goes out to all of the different parts of the community is so incredibly important. I don't think that we can bring the levels of online safety and awareness and education to the level that we need to bring it to unless everybody involved really starts paying attention to what their role is not just in keeping children safe, but really keeping all of us safe. Well, thank you for sharing kind of the current state of where you guys are as a team. That's incredibly important. As you know, we just talked about it's needed now more than ever. Things are rapidly changing. I mean, you blink and then all of a sudden there's a new social media platform out there for everybody to consume and learn about and all of that. And what does it look like in this digital experience of our youth, et cetera. So it's a fast moving area for sure. And being able to have leaders and experts like you helping our communities out is needed now more than ever. So Theodore, let's also let's look a little future state as well in regards to where do you know you you are in the trenches of this this is your world this is your field of expertise where do you see things heading over the next two to three years heck we could even talk next two to three months it's moving so fast but what does the horizon look like for the next two to three years three to five years then also where's linewise going to be as well what's that kind of that next horizon for both the industry, both the society and where the organization's going as well. Yeah, I think, like I said before, when it comes to the technology itself, we've been able to move a lot faster to sort of match as best as we could a lot of the developments in terms of how students are utilizing technologies and how much time they're sort of they're spending online and how they utilize school issue devices and so on. So I think when it comes to the kind of the technological side of how we're trying to address this problem. I think we're in a pretty good place. Innovation and improvement is, is always important and that's going to keep going. I think the one thing that for us, we've identified as something that we really, really want to increasingly focus on is sort of my side of the equation and the sort of the efforts that I myself and the rest of my team are sort of are looking at. And that is really student well-being. And so that's one of the sort of the latest mergers and latest expansions that we've really invested a lot of time and effort into. We just recently merged uh, with a company called Educator Impact, which really looks at student well-being in a really wonderfully holistic kind of way, which is really one of the main reasons why we were so drawn not just to the technology that they've created, but really to the ethos behind everything that they do. We're really looking at student well-being genuinely from a sort of 360 degree view. So yes, on the one hand, we're interested in our students saying that they're happy. Are they, are they saying that they're feeling all right? Are they saying that they're able to experience some joy and laughter and excitement and a lot of those sort of positive emotional states on a regular basis? But well-being is so much more than that. It's not just simply whether you're happy or sad, whether you're smiling on or frowning, it's also around, you know, have you had breakfast this morning? And do you feel like your voice matters either within your family or within your school community or within a wider community? Are you getting enough sleep? Do you feel that your, you know, your household cares about you and values you? Do you feel like your friends value you when you're in school? So looking at all of those different facets of students' well-being is something that we're focused on right now. What we're also really focused on, and I I mentioned this earlier as well, the the sort of positive aspect of children's behavior, really encouraging positive behaviors, whether it's online or offline, is something that we find really, really important because a lot of the time we do employ that more reactive, right, approach to disciplining children, to teaching children, to, you know, making sure they learn their lessons. You know, something goes wrong or they don't act in the best 
more responsible way possible. And then we step in and go, right, this is how we're going to fix that problem. To a certain extent, it's important to do that, of course, because you want to make sure that they use their mistakes as a lesson and that they don't repeat them in in the future. So there's a huge amount of value there. But one of the things that we also want to make sure that we help students do is really be proactive about their positive behaviors. So one of the things, one of the elements that's embedded in this new piece of technology is encouraging students to share gratitude, for example, either with other students or with other teachers. And that feeds into well-being in in such a big way. And it feeds into really what I was saying earlier on in terms of advice for anybody who is thinking about health and what health means. So health is not just that absence of the frown or the absence of the sadness or the absence of the illness. It's really what we're also doing in a proactive way. So we do want to educate both our staff and student and parent populations around the risks, around the negatives, around the downsides, around all of those sort of bad things that we experience on or offline. But we also want to give them that opportunity to engage in positive behaviors and behaviors that down the line could potentially protect them in the same way that right now, uh, you know, you set up a parental control and, and that will protect your child. We want to look at what are some of the other mechanisms that we can use that we know work based on research in fields like positive psychology, for example. What are some of these mechanisms that we can encourage students to adopt in such a way that it really becomes kind of second nature to them? So all of these different things are really packaged within that area of well-being. And that's something at LineWise that we've identified as, as a really important, not just trend. I think it's a lot more than trend. A trend suggests that it's something that's currently important. I think that's always been important. It's just that a lot of the recent events like the pandemic, for example, has had such a profoundly strong and strongly negative impact on both obviously children and adults, but children really in particular, that we feel like we need to do a lot more than just you know, set up the filter or activate the parental control or, you know, even do a webinar for parents around, you know, what are the best ways that your child can safely interact with TikTok, for example. We want to do a lot more than that. We want to look at the whole child. We want to look at the whole student. We want to look at everything that encompasses their well-being. And we really want to empower districts to really be able to help their students in a proactive way to improve their well-being and to really do that over the long term. Oh, what an exciting future. And it's something that I think we don't talk enough about. We just think, oh, well, we're just going to inject some technology here to help with our youth and our children, but to also teach some of these life skills, right? Some of these things that are not just 100% tech focused. I love this notion of gratitude and being able to think about, you know, what's the social aspect of being a good citizen and being a healthy citizen. I think it's an exciting future. So bravo to you and the team for focusing on that. I'm a big fan and proponent of it as well. So thank you for that, Teodora. Of course, let's also turn the tables a bit on you and the team. We love to always help out our guests. We have an incredible community rallied around this podcast. So with that, what's one problem need or question that you and the team have that we can be helping you with? Well, I think it speaks to something that I mentioned earlier, which is sort of position we find ourselves in where I think we're all very aware of how needed this is, as you said yourself. We're in this place where online safety and children's well-being and children's technology use, all of these things are intertwined, very, very closely linked. You can't really tease them apart. If your child is using technology in any way, their well-being is certainly tied up to how they're using this technology, what they're being exposed to online, who they're interacting with online, and so on. So we know that it's incredibly important. One of the things that we're still sort of working on, and it's something, again, that I think it's going to take a village to do is to really help parents 
realize just how big of a priority it is and how high of a position it really deserves to have sort of on their list of priorities. I think one of the things that the pandemic did, and you know, rightfully so, it made absolute perfect sense, is that a lot of very sort of foundational human needs came first. And for a lot of families, this was an incredibly difficult time. Family members, you know, passing away, you know, single parent households and all of the different things that were happening, children not having access to technology, which is a problem we actually often don't talk about. We often talk about there's too much technology and how do we reduce the amount of technology? There are a lot of children who don't have the proper access. And we refer to that as the digital divide here in the U.S., So parents were really focused on some of those very basic sort of elemental things, like I said, which was completely justified. Now that we're slowly sort of emerging and hopefully kind of exiting this pandemic phase, one of the things that I'm still working on is to really make sure that parents prioritize online safety and digital wellness in the same way that they do offline safety and their children's well-being. So that's something that I always, you know, for the past sort of six years, I've been asking for help with. I think all of us can do it each in our own way, whether we do that in our personal lives, when we have conversations with friends who are parents and who have kids, we do it with our relatives. If we do it as part of our work, if it means bringing in somebody to speak to our colleagues about online safety and digital well-being, you know, whatever form it comes in, that's one of the things that especially here in the U.S. where parents really are overwhelmed. One of the things I would love to see is parents really realizing just how important online safety and digital well-being is and to really make sure that they're really curious about it, that they really want to engage with it on a regular basis so that whenever there is that opportunity to learn a little bit more about tech use in general, you know, or all the way down to sort of specific apps and platforms that kids are engaging with, that parents really engage with that even more. And of course, you know, my title is the Director of Community Engagement. So that's something that I'm always looking for for help with is to really get that parent community engaged and to really understand that this is one of the most important things that we need to pay attention to for this generation and pretty much every generation that's going to come after. Well, in order to engage with the community engagement lead, how can they get a hold of you, Teodoro, at, you know, websites, social media handles or otherwise? How can our community get a hold of you to have these important conversations? Yeah. So there are a few different websites, um, and I know we're going to share all of these with our listeners. So linewise.com is our sort of central hub. That's our main website. If you also type in forward slash community, you'll be able to find a little bit of information there in terms of our community education and what we do for a little bit more of sort of specific information around me in particular and the work that we do in the U.S. You can also add on education and well-being team after that linewise.com forward slash. You'll be able to get a little bit more information there. My personal website is topcoaching.com. And then, of course, you'll be able to find both myself and Linewise US on LinkedIn. For those who are interested, you will also be able to find me on Instagram and Twitter as well. Excellent. And for our community, again, just head on down to the episode notes to connect with Theodora and the team with all those contact points online. You can head over to our free global online community as well over at passionandpioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode where you can leave comments, feedback, suggestions, or otherwise in the comments section for Theodora and the team and receive all of those contact points online, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Theodore, there was a lot to discuss. Like I said, we may have to have you back just to talk about global travel and all amazing places that you've lived around the world. For now, we're going to wind this first one down. We're going to wind it down with a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Well, I'm a passionate pioneer because for me, there's no better cause there to work towards than ensuring children's safety, happiness, and well-being. I can't think of anything else. I love it. Well, I can sense and feel the passion and mission and dedication you have for this 
It's important. I love it. You brought the fire. You brought the heat. This is an awesome conversation today, Theodora. Thank you for taking the time to make the pit stop here on our podcast to talk about such an important topic. And I can't wait for our community to be able to get a hold of you, continue these conversations. But for now, Theodora, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you so much. And again, thank you to all of our listeners. I really can't think of a more important thing to discuss than the children's future and their safety and their well-being and how we can all contribute to that. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about this. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.